sermon podcast of Dan Roschke, pastor of Bethlehem Lutheran Church in Fairfax, Virginia. For more information about Bethlehem, visit our website at blclife.org. But now, here's Pastor Dan and his sermon for today. Friends, grace to you and peace in Jesus' name. Amen. This text is for those of us who are tired, those of us who are at our wits' end, those of us who are confused and frightened about the future, sad about the past, maybe having trouble breathing or sleeping because of so much anxiety. Seriously, this seemingly end-of-the-world text is for the gloomiest, the downest, the hurtingest, the lostest. Maybe this text is for you. See, this was written, the whole book of Luke was written, scholars are nearly all in agreement, in the 80s or 90s of the very first century A.D., Uh, which means it was written after the tragic fall of Jerusalem and the destruction of the temple in 70 AD. It was written to a people who absolutely knew something about the world as they knew it, not just slowly fading away with time, but being completely destroyed. Violence and bloodshed was very real to them. Roman soldiers terrifyingly chasing you out of your home, out of your city. Can you imagine? Grand religious walls, buildings crumbling to the ground and going up in flames. It was indeed like the end of the world. So when they heard this, it was like, oh, somebody gets me. Somebody gets what I've gone through. In fact, the writer had gone through the same thing. Anyone here enjoy blues music? Blues music is one thing just to listen to when you're in a good place. You know, you can enjoy blues music. I love going to blues bars and clubs and listening to the music in a healthy state of mind, a healthy state of life. It can be fun uh, or interesting. It can be rich. But when you are the one hurting lost, broken up with, down on your luck, back aching, heart breaking. Blues music is not just cool or fun. It's straight up medicine, right? You feel in the music that someone at least gets your pain. Ah, That's this text. And frankly, by the way, many other texts that have been lots of times overlooked uh, in scripture, many Psalms, for example. What a balm, B-A-L-M, it can be. Uh, Straight up medicine, this text, healing, or the Latin word for healing gives us the word salvation. It can be pure salvation, hearing about this. Someone else gets this. And then that finish to this text, and actually a lot of these texts this Sunday, by your endurance you will gain your souls, you will gain your sanity, your spirit, your life, You'll get your breath back, heart rate down. In all the anxiety and fear, we can lose our breath. We can hyperventilate. We lose our minds, our sanity. 
But here's this text that doesn't deny all the chaos all around. It doesn't pie in the sky pretend or sugarcoat. It's real. And it's still comforting. I think I say this every Easter Sunday. The resurrection of Jesus Christ didn't just take all the pain and suffering of this world away, but it promises something even greater through, past, beyond the suffering, a divine presence, a divine forgiveness and mercy, love and peace at the final life conquering death. So hang in there. Endure. Bambalela, we sing. Never give up. It's big. It's dramatic. Maybe it's not connecting for you. (laughs) This big dramatic stuff. Many of us are well aware of our privilege, for example. We don't actually feel like the whole world is being ripped away from us, like the Romans are smashing our holy places to the ground. I don't suffer in that way. (laughs) Maybe you're more like a blues music onlooker, not a blues music experiencer. You know, it's good, but you can afford to change the channels to a different kind of music. You're not hanging on the back of the train for dear life. You're sitting in business class. Here's something, though, that came to me in a very real way last night. Scrapped the sermon, started over this morning. I was literally sitting on a train coming home from Richmond last night. (laughs) Uh, Because Heather and Katie are there for Katie's soccer tournament, and I was with them yesterday, uh, but of course I need to be back here this morning, so I hopped a train, well not at all, hopped a train, after her second game, uh, more like I, I splurged, and for the first time in my life I actually bought a business class ticket. <laughs> oh, everybody else went to the left when we boarded at Main Street Station in Richmond. Uh, I got to go to the right. On one hand, you could say, I have no business listening to the blues. What do I, maybe some of you know, about the end of the world, about hanging on for dear life, about destructions and evictions and captivity, suffering? What could we possibly say here? What could I say? Then I had this dream last night. I dreamt that I was leading a worship service, but interruptions just kept happening. I mean, crazy interruptions, and that's putting it mildly. Um, Woke up with like a cold sweat. (laughs) Let me give you a little background uh, before I tell you more about my dream. A little background that you may or may not, uh, that may or may not come as a surprise to you. Worship has become very important to me. I didn't always care about worship. I really didn't. In fact, most, mostly I thought it was a bunch of you-know-what. Before and certainly during my time in seminary, I just, I just railed against worship. And, and people would just get all excited about all kinds of stuff in worship planning. And so my worship professor said, worship is at the heart of everything we do as Christians. And I laughed at that. In fact, I wrote a whole paper refuting the idea. I said that service was in the center as Christian people, not some hour on Sunday. Who cares about that? (laughs) Chancel prancing is is how I mock it. Uh, 
empty and useless, I used to say. I laughed at my professor, and I guess God kind of laughed at me because in my first call, I witnessed and experienced, in my humble opinion, bad worship, poor worship in, interestingly, one of the wealthiest churches in the ELCA. I mean, funding the, the service was not the issue. But talk about just getting up and going through the motions. Talk about getting in the way, which is what I always like to talk to worship leaders about when, when we lead worship. How do we get out of the way? You know, not, not put ourselves in the middle. And I mean, a vivid example on the other hand, was someone singing, standing literally in front of the cross and singing, it's all about you. Um, just this woman made up and, you know, it was like she was singing on a stage. They, they literally, in that first call, congregation, referred to this area in the front of the church as the stage. There was a full band that was well paid. I mean, the guys were cool. They were nice guys. That step out, though, during... Uh, the sermon for a cigarette break, and then come back on stage after the sermon. Um, at one point, a worship planning team I was part of was meeting there, and I was feeling tired and snarky and suggested, you know, we should get smoke machines for the, the big number this coming Sunday. And I was being totally sarcastic. It's not in a good place. And someone in the group actually said, yeah, that's actually a great idea. <laughs> they did. serious. Um, I started filling out my paperwork shortly after that. <laughs> I was only in that call for two years. Um, I would love to, but there's not enough time here to take you through why I think good worship is still important, why it means a lot to me, and why I think it should mean a lot to us still, still today. Um, I've, I've shifted. It's not as simple as service in the center um, or worship in the center. It's, it's rich, but anyway, everything, I think, let me, let me just say, everything we do here has a purpose. Ritual at its best is not empty at all, but full and always theological. Suffice to say, that first call in Orange County, California, shaped me significantly. Oh, back to my dream now. Just give a little background on sort of the importance of worship for me. I'm leading this worship service in my dream in this cathedral-ish church with no roof. It was like it was in the city, um, but it was an outdoor, but it was the floor plan felt like, like one of the great cathedrals, you know, with the long aisle and stuff. And, and um, nevertheless, and there were people there, but, but we were just being bombarded with distractions, starting with the, the, the music director. <laughs> who makes an announcement uh, during the procession, during the gathering hymn, he stops the hymn. I didn't know, I, I don't know who this person was, just someone, figment of my imagination or something, but he stops the hymn to, to talk about the, the, the way he was going to be playing the song. He started it, and then he stopped it, and he just got a microphone and just started talking. And we're like literally in the middle of processing up the aisle. And, uh, and then he started arguing with me publicly in service, which becomes the spectacle. Because it's like people are like, what's, what's he going to say? What's he going to say? You know, and it was like, oh my gosh, that's my nightmare. And uh, he was newly hired somehow in my dream. I don't know what this church was or what, but... Um, and he shouted 
during the service, that I needed to know that he doesn't owe anyone, especially me, any explanation for the music he was choosing to play. <laughs> oh, and then once I did my best in my dream to quell that distraction and that whole situation, I mean, it wasn't pretty. I tried to stay calm, but you know how, can you imagine my heart palpitations? And then, so we kind of like continue on the service. Then a group of people, it was like they were tourists in this, this space, they just come in and start taking pictures like we weren't even there. They just enter into uh, the area that my former congregation would have called the stage, <laughs> the chancel area, you know, and just start taking photos and selfies like, like tourists. I mean, it'd be like someone just coming right up here and starting to take pictures as if we weren't even there. Um, a few of us, worshipers and myself, we, we started politely, but then increasing assertiveness. Hey, we're worshiping here. <laughs> and they were absolutely ignoring us. And that's when I start to wake up as I'm sort of over and over saying, hey, hey, we're worshiping here. Hey, we're worshiping here. <laughs> I wake up with this increased heart rate and cold sweat. Um, and as I lay there in the darkness and I, you know, that after, after kind of a nightmare kind of feeling, uh, my breathing starts to slow down, it suddenly hits me with, I mean, I'm thinking about this text, you know, the world falling apart, the, the fear for many of us, I think, is, is irrelevance, irrelevance, the church's perceived or ill-perceived irrelevance is a certain chaos and falling apart, world-ending, anxiety-inducing, heart rate-increasing threat, just because of either distractions or, or bickerings within the church or, or, or just people coming in and just uh, totally ignoring, like we're not even there. Um, suddenly the blues was real to me. Suddenly these texts were real, especially the words at the end. Especially the words, do not lose heart. Do not be afraid. Do not weary in doing what is right. Keep revering God's name, Malachi says in the first lesson. That, that is keep worshiping. Revering God's name. That's really what worship is about. For the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. It's one of my favorite mixed metaphors in the Bible. I just hear in that, in those words in Malachi, lighten up. The sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. Comfort, oh comfort, my people will hear and sing again in Advent in only two weeks. Breathe. Peace be with you. Do not fear. Hang in there. Bambolela, I got you. Jesus whispers to us again today. That's our text. The end of the Gospel of Luke. Here at the end of another church year, next Sunday is Reign of Christ Sunday, the, the Christian church's New Year's Eve party. We could imagine it. Here in the midst of whatever chaos and blues you're experiencing, we're experiencing, this church is experiencing, in the midst of the threats of irrelevance and disappearance, very real threats, violence and division, and certainly, just the threats of distraction everywhere, everywhere. 
in the midst of privilege and poverty, friends in Christ, in the midst of suffering and sorrowing, Jesus is here, even now. God is with us. We draw strength from that promise, from that relationship, and God gives us what we need to keep hanging on, to keep speaking up, to keep crying out for justice and peace, to keep gathering together, sharing bread and wine, the body and blood of Christ, and to keep journeying on out there with one another in Christian faith, hope, and love. Our prayer is is the, the new hymn that we're about to sing. Our prayer this day, let my spirit always sing, though my heart be wintering, though the season of despair give no sign that you are there, God to whom my days belong, let there always be a song. Amen. at Bethlehem Lutheran Church, thank you for listening. Check us out again soon. And to learn more about our national church body, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, visit elca.org. Goodbye for now. And remember, God's outpouring of grace and peace never runs dry. Here's to a new day. Evangelical. That was terrible. To learn more about our national church body. Start over, start over. (laughs) Okay. Is that hard? No, not really. Pretty easy? Yeah. You're good at it.